Crown of Thorns by Iris Bluefick Chapter 39 Actions We Might Play Two thousand and three. Aziraphale stared moodily into his wine as Crowley sighed and waved off the telly. It was quite an excellent production, he said. Would they had done it on stage. He got to do it live in plenty of other arrangements, said Crowley, setting his wine down on the coffee table so that he could count productions off on his fingers. Tidal role when he was a mere sixth former at Edinburgh Fringe, Laertes opposite O'Toole at the National Theatre in 63, on tour in the title role again in 79, up to and including a performance at the Kronberg in Helsingor. I had no idea you'd follow Jacobi's career with such great interest, my dear, said Aziraphale, attempting to feign nonchalance and failing rather appallingly. That brings us up to the filming of what we've just seen, no doubt. Crowley nodded, retrieving his wine. 1980 almost makes me feel old. Don't be ridiculous, said Aziraphale, polishing off his wine. We can't be made to feel old. He fished through the agitated murk of his thoughts for the words he knew would suit the purpose. There is nothing, either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Then that must go for you and me as well, eh? Aziraphale watched Crowley take a cautious sip. I'll have you know that's not funny, he said. Of course not, agreed Crowley drunkenly. It's only the best-known bloodbath in all of Western literature and performance art, unless you count anything by Tarantino. Leave it to you to gloss over the point. Aziraphale sniffed. You've missed it. Not really, said Crowley, standing up, and offered Aziraphale his hand. The real tragedy lies in the failures of communication, the isolation between family members, the mistaken assumptions with regard to who bears whom genuine affection, love even, if you like. He got them out in the open and stood Aziraphale in front of the coffee table and then placed himself opposite Aziraphale. For my money, what we're seeing is a brilliant young man who, in addition to being deeply grieved by his father's death, isn't free to openly love whom he'd like. Don't look at me like that, Angel. I'll prove it. First of all, those so-called love letters. Crowley wrinkled his nose. You can't tell me the prince would write like that if his heart was in it. No, he's desperately afraid of displeasing his mother, so off he goes writing trite nothings to the girl Mummy so dearly hopes he'll marry. Meanwhile, she and his uncle can't even get it right when it comes to with what friends, or, as the case actually stands, friend, he keeps the closest counsel. So Rosencrantz and Guildenstern go to it. Do you follow? Aziraphale's brow had knit so fiercely and without his express consent that the muscles of his forehead actually hurt. I think so. Now, if only our actor of the hour had been free to carry that stroking of Horatio's cheek to its logical... Crowley cleared his throat and straightened, eyes closed, with swift nervous hands clenched on his lapels. <clears throat> 
I'll demonstrate, shall I? Line, Laertes, his very last. Exchange forgiveness with me, noble Hamlet. Mine and my father's death come not upon thee, nor thine on me. He opened his eyes and gestured towards the floor, indicating that Aziraphale should kneel. That being accomplished, Crowley knelt too, reaching urgently for Aziraphale's shoulders, using them to steady himself. He blinked, having lost his sunglasses some time ago, half-lidded and uncertain. Heaven make thee free of it, prompted Aziraphale under his breath. I follow thee. I am dead, Horatio, Crowley muttered, sagging nearly to boneless weight, giving Aziraphale little choice but to catch him by the elbows and hold him up. Wretched queen, adieu, you that look pale and tremble at this chance, that are but mutes or audience to this act, had I but time, as this fell sergeant to death is strict in his arrest. At that, Crowley seemed to falter with some genuine remembrance, some recollection that drew his bright eyes wide in something like terror. Oh, I could tell you. The trail off, Aziraphale hadn't been expecting, no more than he'd expected Crowley to take that moment and stroke his cheek with all of the sincerity they'd just seen, though perhaps more. He laughed, short and wistful. But let it be, Horatio. I am dead, thou livest. Report me and my cause aright to the unsatisfied. He remembers the lines, thought Aziraphale, amazed. Every word, as clearly as I do. Instinctively he covered Crowley's hands with his own and pressed it more fully to his cheek, inclining his head to the gesture so that his lips brushed Crowley's palm. He ignored the way Crowley jumped, tried for the briefest instant to turn away. Never believe it, said Aziraphale with quiet resolve and reached for Crowley's glass on the coffee table. I am more an antique Roman than a Dane. He has yet some liquor left. And Crowley was terrified then. Aziraphale wouldn't have known the look if he hadn't seen it so lately, almost exactly a year ago, he thought, if he hadn't had to bear it before the world contained in that tiny Tokyo restaurant had gone black. As that a man, Crowley hissed, shaking him. Give me the cup, let go. By heaven, I'll have it. His expression softened again, yellow eyes flickering, and said with pitch-perfect regret, Oh, good Horatio, what a wounded name things standing thus unknown shall live behind me. If thou didst ever hold me in thy heart, absent thee from felicity a while, and in this harsh world, draw thy breath in pain to tell my story. Aziraphale closed his eyes. March afar off and shot within. What warlike noise is this? He murmured on Crowley's behalf, and then on Osric's. 
Young Fortinbras, with conquest come from Poland, to the ambassadors of England gives this warlike volley. Crowley sucked in an unnecessary breath and wound both arms around Aziraphale's neck, hanging on him now without reserve, gasping warmth into Aziraphale's collar. Oh, I die, Horatio, he muttered, faint laughter rising again in his throat, manic and strange. The potent poison Guido crows my spirit. I cannot live to hear the news from England. But I do prophesy the election lights on Fortinbras. He has my dying voice. So tell him, with the occurrence, more and less, which have solicited. He tightened his hold, abruptly let go, and trusted with perfect, inebriated insistence that Aziraphale would catch him, cradle him, turn his face up so that they stared hazily at one another as if for the very first time. He ran his fingertips across Aziraphale's lower lip, the gesture exquisite in its excess, and said, The rest is silent. Dies, thought Aziraphale, unable to turn off the stage directions embedded in his recollection, courtesy of many centuries reading, and caught hold of Crowley's hand as it fell limply away. Now cracks a noble heart. Good night, sweet prince, and... Stop, Crowley said, but he didn't open his eyes. See under point. Not missed. Crown of Thorns will continue in Chapter 40.